listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Here we go. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Dead podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening in today. If you'll uh, look back at your calendars, we are recording this on March 31st, 2021. Yes, we're still dealing with COVID, but yes, I think we're uh, gaining some ground on it and uh, things are going to be looking up for uh, this new year and in particular for the fishing seasons coming up. And so we're all excited about getting out in, in the outdoors and practicing our social distancing and, uh, you know, just uh, doing what, what we need to do in life. And that's relax a little bit, have fun and uh, enjoy our family and friends that are with us. And uh, anyway, we're just, uh, just happy that we're getting through this darn thing. Without further ado, I am gonna see if Tyler Dunn is on the line with us. Tyler, are you there? Hey, Ted. Thanks for having me on today. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on, Tyler. You know, Tyler, um, you are a professional fishing guide and been in the business for quite some time. You are just above us in the United States, up in the great uh, country of Canada. Can you give us a quick little introduction on yourself and uh, where you fish out of and that sort of thing? Absolutely. Uh, My name is Tyler Dunn. Uh, my business is Tyler Dunn Guiding. I run a guide company in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. That's the uh, home base of my operation. But I'm basically a Northern Ontario guide, uh, uh-huh. very multi-species. Um, where we live right in the heart of the Great Lakes. So uh, I specialize in a lot of the migratory fish, uh, the steelhead especially. But uh, I do a lot of the inland stuff with the smallmouth bass, pike, walleye, of course. Yeah. And I offer some some dream trips up on uh, world famous Lake Nipigon for uh, coaster brook trout. That's where the oh, world wow. record's been caught. Anybody that fishes brook trout has probably heard of Lake Nipigon. Um, yeah. yeah, so I spend a lot of time on uh, big bodies of water. Um, and, uh, you know, I got into the industry well before I was a fishing guide. I actually started just out of high school as a dog hand at a, at a fishing resort. And uh, that was my first initial um experience in the fishing industry i loved it um i went to school i took business and yeah. uh while i was in school taking business i started writing uh, articles and uh, i got picked up by an online magazine and a couple print magazines and that's kind of how i started to get my name out there as a writer and then promoting the area with my articles and then I started doing some guiding on the side and that's that's kind of how i started my guide business now i got involved with the local tourism industry um i work with the province now even they send me to some trade shows um yeah. obviously not the last two winters but uh i met uh um the rutten river pursuit guys down in pennsylvania and uh networked with a lot of guys like that at trade shows over the years and it's worked uh worked my way up into a full-time gig as a fishing guide up here in canada good for you man you know if we if we turn yeah, yeah. the clock back just a little bit how in the world did you ever yep. catch the fishing bug uh, I grew up playing sports, um, so I spent a lot of time, uh, my summers were baseball, winters was hockey, but we mm-hmm. always took a main long weekend uh, uh, walleye trip with my grandfather and my dad and uh, some uncles and cousins and stuff like that, and then usually once a summer when I was a kid, uh, my family would rent a camp, so I did some dog fishing, just some you know, canoe, kayak, whatever we had at the, at the, at the cabin we rented, and then uh, we did a little bit of 
small river fishing when I was a kid with my dad. But when uh-huh. sports got really, really uh, busy with sports growing up, fishing kind of, I never did it for a while. And then uh, when sports kind of dialed down a little bit in my mid-teenage years, I started getting back into fishing. So I go before school, after school. I uh, basically started fishing on my own in as, as in, in my teenage years and uh, just loved it. Um, it was just no stress. It was just easy, easy going, nothing bad happened. You know, fishing was just... Um, kept me busy and it was um a stress reliever for me at the time oh that's cool now did you have a, yeah. a particular mentor um in your family that sort of you know egged you on uh, the yeah i would say mom obviously my grandfather growing up he was a big fisherman um but in my teenage years when i really got into fishing my uncle tim um who was a fisherman uh he kind of showed me the ropes out here on the same range river with the trolling game and um I uh, definitely have to thank him for getting me started with um, some serious fishing. Would be definitely my uncle Tim. Yeah, uh-huh. very good. And you and you said that you uh, started off on big water. Is that right? Yeah, like I spent a lot of time even to this day up on uh, Lake Superior, which is obviously wow. you know giant body of water, scary body of water, Lake Nipigon, oh, yeah. and a lot of our inland a lot of our inland lakes are um, they're big big bodies of water. You're talking 15, 20 mile lakes, uh, mm-hmm. two, three hundred feet deep. Um, so yeah, a lot of big water up here. A lot of it's uncharted too. So you kind of have really? to, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of these lakes up here we have in Ontario alone, we have uh, 250,000 lakes, rivers, and streams. So, uh, it's a lot of these, a lot of these bigger bodies of water that are I don't know, off the beaten, off the beaten path mm-hmm. are generally, um, if you can find a paper map, sometimes the MNR, the Ministry of Natural Resources will have some very vague maps for anglers to use but a lot of it's just kind of get a fish finder out and start graphing uh-huh. and um kind of learn it yourself wow that uh, mm-hmm. that sounds like a fisherman's paradise what do you say two two hundred and fifty thousand bodies of water yeah and what lakes rivers and streams there is in ontario alone holy smokes that's incredible <laughs> yeah. yeah incredible so you, you you were saying you fish salmon and steelhead is that right yeah, yeah, we um, like I said, we live in a very diverse multi-species area, the St. Mary's River. Um, we have summer-run Atlantic salmon. Uh, Lake State University in Sioux, Michigan, actually does the big stocking program for them, and uh-huh. uh, we reap the benefit. We reap the benefits as fishermen. The return every summer of feeding Atlantic salmon. Uh, we get those right downtown Sioux St. Marie. Um, really? Then we have the steelhead that are basically there year-round. Uh, spring and fall are definitely prime times. We have rainbow trout year round. And then, mm-hmm. um, we have this, we have the Pacific salmon run, um, after the Atlantic. So we have the pink salmon come first, then the Kings and then the coho salmon each year. Wow. And you have, you have it all. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. The only fish we don't have a lot of around here is uh, brown trout. Well, there is some brown trout fishing, but not a whole lot. And, mm-hmm. um, some crappie. There's not much crappie fishing, but other than that, we, we can, we have pretty, pretty much world-class fishing for most species um in the general area i'm talking like a couple hour range type thing in the sioux but right. it's uh it's very it's a very it's a very um multi-species paradise for for an angler that's for sure oh that's cool now you you said something uh in in telling us about what you fish for that sort of caught my ear you, you were saying that uh, you were you were blessed by having a run of feeding an atlantic salmon is that what you said yeah, yes, yes, yes. Like these these salmon, uh, they're stocked in the St. Mary's and they go out to Lake Huron um, and they follow the smelts around. So the smelts will come up the St. Mary's River 
uh, about early June, and uh, right. the Atlantic salmon are right, right. behind the smelts, chasing these um, schools of smelts downtown Sault Ste. Marie. You'll see the birds diving. Uh, the smelts will push the bait fish to the surface, kind of kind of chase them like an ocean, like an ocean bite. Birds right. will dive. You kind of get over right. there real quick, cast in there. It's a neat, it's a neat, uh, it's a unorthodox way to fish Atlantic salmon to say the least, because typically they're coming in the rivers to spawn. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, in Canada, anyway, it's a lot of them dry fly only. Um, it's a very prestigious fish to fish for in, in most oh, yeah. cases. And, oh, yeah. and you can drive to the Sioux, grab a hotel room for 100 bucks a night, jump in your boat, get a guy, do some waiting for them, whatever whatever you want to do, and have a chance of hooking sometimes, you know, sometimes double-digit fish and sometimes double-digit hookups in a day. It's, Good. Uh, Good. Can, yeah, some days, don't get me wrong, it's hard to get, it's hard to get a poke on some days. But typically, right. when the water's not too warm yet, and the, the fish aren't too pressured yet, um, peak season, you can have some of those uh, incredible days where it's almost mind-boggling that an Atlantic salmon will, will bite, you know, five feet from the boat on uh, soft plastic jerk bait or uh, stripping a fly in, um, you know, right at your feet. No kidding. Good Lord. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that have uh, Atlantic salmon on their bucket list that have chased them, yes. you know, for four yep. or five trips. And never gotten anything, yep. and you're talking you're talking double yep. digits in a day. That's yeah, and, and like even and even with the border being closed, um, border being closed this summer, um, there's guys in Sioux, Michigan. Um, Jason Cartons is is one guy you can find him on Instagram. I can't remember his True North Guide. I think his uh, handle would be anybody looking if they can't get across the border this summer. There's lots of guys in Sioux, Michigan that offer trips uh, for these Atlantic salmon. So uh, don't feel like the borders don't open this year. They're not. There's no way of getting at them. There's some guys on the Michigan side. They're great guys, great anglers, great guides. Um, look them up. Uh-huh. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. That uh, That's another reason I've got to come up to your part of the world. Holy smokes, that's on my bucket list. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. uh, so the 2021 season, uh, what what yep. is uh, what is the first fish on deck this year for you? Uh, steelhead. Steelhead. Let's, uh, okay. I'll be going tomorrow up on the Lake, on Lake Superior Rivers tomorrow. I'm doing some scouting for my first river trip uh saturday morning um so i'm going wow. up tomorrow the river just got going up here our lakes are still frozen um so my ice guiding just ended about uh about a week and a half ago my my last uh-huh. ice trip had happened and uh now it's the waiter time uh the boat launches are still frozen on the saint mary's so i'll be about another two weeks before i'm out on the boat yeah and then uh steel steelhead season then a roll in the smallmouth and stuff like that we got our, our bass season's year-round up here too so mm-hmm. we're fishing bass pretty well um, ice out. A lot, a lot of bass ice out right until um, late September, mid-October. I'm usually done bass fishing. But pretty mm-hmm. well a good chunk of the year. Wow, that's incredible. That's largemouth, smallmouth, both? Smallmouth, yeah, we, we have both, but we have an exceptional uh, population of smallmouth. Uh, we do a lot of work with uh, a lot of the TV shows for the bass fishing up here. Uh, the new fly fisher, for instance, um, does a lot of their smallmouth uh, filming up here, and they've yeah. dubbed the area Trophy Alley, uh, just for the numbers of <laughs> five pound. But yeah, the smallmouth fishing up here is incredible. It's um, growing up as a kid, everybody just kind of you know basses uh, the fish you caught off your dock with a bobber and worm, and there's no one really, no one really bothered with them. And uh, people now are starting to respect them a little bit and um, mm-hmm. start to target them. And they, they, they took for granted, you know, catching, you know, five, five pounders in a day growing up as a kid. It was just kind of like, 
it's just bass fishing. It's just kind of what happens. And uh, people from out of out of out of province or even out of town come fishing up here for the bass some days, and it just like jaw hits the floor. Like, what do you mean you can get a seven pound smallmouth and you know twenty to thirty two to five pound bass in a day? Um, yeah. And then uh, then they open it year round, and um, some guys learned how to do the bed fishing and come up and do bed fishing, which is. Um, as long as it's treated right, I have no problem with it. But uh, it's really mm-hmm. opened up the doors for tourism in the area. Um, you right. know, bass fishermen, especially down in southern Ontario, they were traveling. You know, the they, they, people that bass fish early season, they're just going to travel to where it's open. So um, mm-hmm. I think now southern Ontario is starting to follow suit and open up some southern Ontario bass fisheries to keep people, you know, they're gonna, people are going to go fish whether they have to drive two hours or ten hours. Some guys are still going to drive to go do their bass thing as that's that's what we found up here yep. and um it's just that the, the amount of fish the lakes up here you, you don't have to fish with anybody you have an entire lake to yourself for the most part mm-hmm. um you can go to a different lake every day sometimes two lakes in a day and it's just the amount of fish you can catch for bang for your buck that's what a lot of people like coming up here for like i said the hundred dollar hotel rooms you know go grab a bite to eat at night and you mm-hmm. can bring their own boat go do their own thing for for a pretty good price. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, and, and you were describing yep. exactly what I went through growing up in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, we were fishing for trout and steelhead and salmon, and we always knew there were bass in the rivers, but, you know, you you wouldn't yep. give them really a second thought as you were chasing oh. everything else. And then I ended up yep. moving to Portland, Oregon, um, back in the, uh, oh, the 90s. And one of the guys that um, that I knew in the community he kept saying, you know, let, let's go bass fishing. Let me, let me take you out, you know? And finally uh, yep. I kind of gave in and uh, holy smokes, that opened my eyes, yeah. man. You know? Yes, and, yes, but, I agree. Same here. Yeah. But yeah. I, I told you, if you would have told me 10 years ago, I've been guiding bass like I do now, I'd have been like, no way. Back then I was a big time, you know, steel hunter, big time uh, yep. river guy. And I uh, never, I did some bass stuff, but I never would have thought my business would have evolved into this much bass fishing. And, I, but just the uh, the bass fish is so um, like I love I love all fishing. Uh, bass fishing is not my favorite. It's just I, I just love fishing and bass fishing. I find you can catch fish so many different ways. That's yep. why I really enjoy it. One day you can go and get them on a drop shot, or the next day you know you might not even get a touch on the drop shot. You're getting them on the wacky rig, or you mm-hmm. might be dunking you know Texas rig in the junk. Or it's it's that's why I like bass fishing and um, it really teaches you how to. Um, read sonars and graphs and how to um, not just go into a lake and go fishing, how to break it down, uh, how yep. to understand fish movements. The, that's all the bass, the bass fishermen I've uh, fished with and uh, got to understand how they think. That's what they've taught me. They've taught me how to slow down my fishing a lot, how to work mm-hmm. a lot more thorough. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, they've um, it really opened my eyes on, uh, on, on bass fishing. That's for sure. And how it's um, not just a hook and a bobber, uh off the dock type of type of fishing like uh, most people grew up around uh ontario yep. doing yep exactly right exactly right so in in regards to the the steelhead that's coming up i mean can you retain any of those or is it catch and release what uh, yep. how does that work yep. out we have um it all depends where you're fishing them uh lake superior in the rivers there's a uh, there's a limit of two in the rivers and i think it's only one out in the boat okay uh, Lakes, yeah, the St. Mary's River, I believe it's two fish too. Uh, one time it was five, 
and they mm-hmm. just dropped it down to two, I believe, um, a few years ago. But uh, most people, if they keep, I'll let them keep one fish on the St. Mary's sometimes, depending on time of the year, size. And uh, right. North Shore, I'm a little more stingy on, um, like, a, I'm not going to let someone keep an eight-pound female type thing. Um, right. I'm a little, I'm a little more um, selective harvest, for sure, up on the North Shore. It's all naturally producing uh, steelhead up there. They're wild steelhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and, uh, conserve obviously as best I can, um, up there, but I have no problem with some keeping a fish. That's for sure. There's uh they're, they're fantastic fish to eat. And, uh, if a fish is going to die, especially no problem, uh, keeping it. Yep. Exactly. Now, now you had mentioned also that you have, uh, uh, walleye and muskie. Is that right? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Really? Yeah. Walleye, muskie. Um, our muskie fishing up here is, um, very underfished um it's very unknown it's still there's still areas especially on lake huron that uh every year guys are doing more exploring and it's big fish are being caught every year and i think a lot of the musky fishermen down south are now getting word wind of it and they're starting to come up and do some exploring it's starting to get a little bigger up in uh, northern ontario uh, especially like i said lake huron mm-hmm. um the Wales Back Channel, if anybody's familiar with uh, Northern Lake Huron, the Wales Back Channel is in particular one of the hot areas lately. Uh, the walleye fishing, too, is spectacular in Northern Ontario. Um, the same Rage River, Lake Huron, big time numbers. Um, and then inland, obviously, we have all kinds of flying lodges, right. um, cabins, people can rent. Um, it all depends on how you want to do your trip. If someone's looking for a walleye trip, you know, some people want to stay in hotel, like in, in, in Sault Ste. Marie go out to St. Mary's, do some walleye thing. And then at nighttime, they want to go do hits and restaurants, maybe some nightlife where other people mm-hmm. want to take, you know, go with grandpa and grandma and do a fly in walleye thing for a week with the family. Uh, right. So there's all kinds of options for people like that. If someone's looking for options like that, your best bet would be go online and uh, check out the different tourism, um, tourism um, companies throughout Ontario, like Algoma country, Northeastern, superior country they all have come on magazines promoting all their lodges all uh-huh. their uh outfitters yeah that'd be the best bet for someone um, or contact someone like me um i actually do some work for the go fish ontario program where i'll go do trade shows and i'm there promoting all these lodges um, oh, really? oh, that's cool. yeah because you go to a fishing lodge and you say hey i want to catch walleye in august and i want to have a great short lunch and meal everybody's going to tell you that their walleye fishing is awesome in august <laughs> the food's great. Um, so we, we go, we, we do a lot of the shows where there's no bias, where they're promoting everybody. I've been to a lot of these lodges. Uh, I've worked at a lot of them. I've been a guest at a lot of them. So people come to our booth. That's what they say. We want to go somewhere in August. Uh, we want some good food. We want some good fishing. So I'll say, okay, this place has a fantastic shore lunch. The fishing's okay, but you're going to catch them, but you might not get your 30-inch walleye. Um, mm-hmm. This place here, the food's not all that great, but the fishing's phenomenal. Um, so I give people kind of the real deal, not just, yeah, it's a fishing lodge. You're going to nail them. Our food's the best um, sign here. Um, right. So we're, we're there giving them non-biased, real information, personal experience. And uh, so far, people have really enjoyed that. Oh, that's cool. Now, now, do you arrange trips yourself and that sort of thing? Uh, I used to do a lot more of that kind of stuff. Um, see, now I'm working myself into maybe do some hosting trips at these lodges where I'll go up to, um, like, for instance, um, uh, Waterfalls Lodge. I, um, I used to do some stuff for Smallmouth there. 
And mm-hmm. uh, when I first started getting, started getting into guiding, and then now it's worked into a spot where it makes more sense to me to go there for a two-week period, offer you know myself for those two weeks. People can book those slots. Um, or there's a place called Ontario North Fishing Adventures where I'll go do, I, in the past, I've done some walleye trips up there. And I'm yeah. hoping to do the same thing there. Or maybe I'll, I'll have the cabin for two or three weeks of the year. And I'll offer, you know, three or four different slots for groups of four to five people to come rent the place out. I'll fish mm-hmm. with them. And then, uh, you know, there's a couple other, a couple other situations like that. But uh, as far as booking people, um, their trips and stuff. I'll give some recommendations and stuff like that. But um, yeah, mostly steer them in the right direction. Now that's basically what I do with that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, there's a, there's a lot more guides that are doing exactly what you're talking about. You know, where they yeah. go in and they uh, they rent one of the cabins for you know three or four weeks and book themselves yeah, out. Yeah. And then then, yep. then the beauty of it is is that you can leave. And you don't have to tear down everything at the at the end of the yeah. season. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. What yeah. I've noticed being uh, with um, like I'm working for yourself as an independent fishing guide, whereas working for a lodge is it's a lot less um, after hours work. You don't have to do a bunch of like if the clientele is already coming to you, yeah, you're not answering all the emails at night, and it's 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 a, it's a lot more work when you're doing it for yourself and. Right. Uh, all the HR, all the, all the, all the, all the emails, all the phone calls, all the organizing dates, clients. And it's nice sometimes being able to uh, minimize that and offer the same product at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You, now you, you mean to tell me that the a guide just doesn't fish, you know, a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> oh yeah. No, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. That's, don't get me wrong. Some days I do fish with guys. Um, some guys want me to fish with them. Um, sometimes, you know, tough days, I'll have to grab a rod, show them how to do it. Um, but in my opinion, when someone does hire me, they're not hiring me to fish. They're hiring mm-hmm. me to show them how to fish, show them how to. So I, I very rarely will start off fishing. Um, yeah. Even with someone, even sometimes I have guys, I'll go up to Nipigon with those three, four days. And it's just me and one other guy. And they want me to fish. I'm not going to get in the front of my bow of my boat and start bombing casting ahead of them. Um, I'm going to let them, you know, fish for a couple hours by themselves and maybe I'll throw some casts off the back and I'm not going to, I'm not going to fish like I normally would when I'm out fishing myself, that's for sure. But, um, I just find that very unprofessional. I've seen other guys do that before. Um, not so much, um, not as much as people would think, but I have seen it with guys. Um, just doesn't make sense to me. Someone hires Mm -hmm. a fishing guide. Um, they're hired to not not just catch fish but teach you something and uh give you something to take away from the day uh whether yeah. it's a tip or a technique or um there's just a lot more to it than uh catching fish that's for sure yeah yes there is yes there is mm-hmm. you know and, and and what an admirable profession and the reason i say that and i i, I mentioned this a couple times well probably more than a couple times uh in the podcast and other things that i do is that you know when when somebody's on their deathbed and they're counting their last breath. They're probably <laughs> not thinking about the the business deal that they did, you know, or no, you know, all the things like uh, that sort of thing. They remember, you know, being with Tyler and catching that, you know, that that yeah. thirty inch walleye. I mean, that's what. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's funny that you bring that up. We've spoken about that with a couple of my other guide buddies. I actually I noticed that at one of the first lodges I worked at. I was a dock hand, and my cousin was a fishing guide. And he had these guys, these, you know, they're 
you know, brain surgeons and uh, dentists and, you know, they're mm-hmm. very, very, very successful men. They're bringing my, they come up once a year to the lodge and they want, they want my cousin Mike, their guide Mike, and they remember him. They bring him all these special gifts and all this thing. That's their man for the year. They they, it's, they don't forget about their fishing guys. And I, I noticed that right yeah. off the hop and it's funny now. I still remember, I still think of that all the time when, um, I have some clients now, like they're more friends than clients. I don't even call them clients anymore, but they're friends yep. and you know, they're the same thing. They're doctors or lawyers. They're very successful guys. And it's almost like once you blow their mind in the boat and you tell it, like you, you could be like, you know, you got to stand on one foot and cast there and they'll do that. <laughs> like, if, if you tell them to do that in the boat and because you've, you've shown them before, like a technique or, or a situation right. where fishing is tough and you, and, and you turn it into a good, a good fishing experience and they believe you, they, they see the worth in, in the guy, then it's, uh, they understand that. And that's what you, that's what you listen to your guide. Um, yep. especially no matter where, where it is in the world, no matter what you're fishing for, um, guides, they're out there so much. There, there's some bad guys, don't get me wrong. There's some guides that just don't last or, or won't last but for the most part these guys are pretty hardcore pretty hardcore fishermen um it's their lifestyle uh they take it very serious uh bad day of fishing for a guy they go home with a lot of them and it it, it wears on the best of them um yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I i take it very personal uh yesterday doesn't matter you can you can go out the day before and wreck the fish no matter what you're doing and the next day the next guest that doesn't matter they want to wreck them too um mm-hmm. so that's what it's uh every day is new every day is a new challenge i like that uh but it can be very stressful in the same time yeah yeah well you really don't know when you get on the boat in the morning if you're going to be the support cast Not all the time the main actor yeah right? and uh the weather's never you know the pictures always make things look easy and the weather's always nice and especially you do a couple tv shows or magazine shoots and um they make it look like the weather's great and stuff and it's rarely like that it's uh i was on a podcast a couple weeks ago talking about the same thing with a tv show host guy and he actually spoke about that how they can make you know weather look nice and you know the shots but for the most part it's 40 mile an hour winds uh you know it's 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 not like that that's for sure it's um and that's what a good guide will do, though. They'll 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 take that terrible weather and uh, or that forty mile an hour wind, and they'll turn it into a day where they'll still catch some fish. They'll show you how to use that wind in a productive way to catch a few mm-hmm. fish and and rebook that client for a following trip. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and uh, you know you become their new best friend at least for that week. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah absolutely. That, that, that is a cool deal. So, so what's, what's in, yeah, what's in Tyler's future? What do you what do you uh, see yourself you know doing down the road? Yeah, well, continue with the guiding thing, obviously. Um, expanding a little bit, like I mentioned about uh, throughout Northern Ontario, a little bit more. Um, but basically, just kind of, I, I have a newborn at home. I have a three month old son at home, so. Um, this summer, I'm definitely going to spend a little bit more time at home than probably normal, but um, just going to concentrate on um, on uh, rebranding my business a little bit to, uh, like I said, the more northern Ontario, not just uh, Sault Ste. Marie area, but kind of expand on uh, uh, promotion uh, throughout the north and uh, kind of just always dialing in uh, your business, like 
every couple of years, you know, I'm, I'm taking trips out that I don't do anymore, adding new trips in. Um, I'm working with a couple of new companies, one called Fly Fishing International. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a magazine. Um, so I'm, I'm back into writing now with, for the magazine. Um, oh, cool, man. and I'm hopefully, yeah. And then they're, I'm going to host some trips with, uh, with Fly Fishing International here in the Sioux up in Nipigon. And I'm hoping down the road to do some destination stuff, uh, throughout the world with them. That's, that, that's the ultimate goal down the world. Really? So where were you, yeah. uh, where are you going to go? You hope? Uh, I've been looking, um, interesting, you know, the, the chili thing, the, tr- the trout bum thing in Chile's always interested me. Um, I've had some buddies do some stuff in Belize. Um, this guy here in particular does a lot of stuff, even in Canada. Um, he goes, he goes up to the West coast a lot for steelhead and uh, salmon and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm open to, I'm very open to, uh, stuff like that down the road. I'm not nothing in particular, just kind of mm-hmm. away some options this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look into that. Oh, good for you. So, you know, this kind of leads us into a perfect segue. One of the questions I, I like to ask, particularly of guides that we have on the show is that if you went to sleep tonight and you woke up in the morning in this cold sweat and you had this terrible yep. dream and that dream basically was so realistic and, and, and you just knew in your heart of hearts, you've got one more fishing trip. What, where would you go? What would you fish for? And who would you fish with? Mm-hmm. I would probably have to say, um, I would probably have to say I'd have to do a North Shore and Superior Steelhead trip, um, just because that's what I grew up doing. That's kind of what got me into the into the game. Um, well, before uh-huh. as a guide, I'd go up there in my little Pontiac Sunfire, literally have enough money just for gas, and right. uh, we'd sleep in the car, bum around there. And I spent a lot of time up there with my cousin Ted, um, who's one of the guys I grew up fishing with um, mostly, and still to this day, still spend a lot of time with Ted. Um, uh-huh. um, I'd have to say a, a steelhead trip up, up with my cousin, Ted, up on the North shore, somewhere between Sault Ste. Marie and Thunder Bay, um, steelhead, brook trout, lake trout. Um, yeah, just bumping around those rivers. Oh, wow. Well, that, that sounds like paradise, man. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it, that Lake Superior, uh, circle, uh, for any kind of trope bum um anybody that's into the remote kind of off the beaten path um experience that's something that people have to do once um it's very mm-hmm. easy you just have to drive the trans canada highway there's rivers all over bays camping areas hotels um yeah. but in the same aspect you're sometimes you're a few hours in between towns so it's it's remote but you're you're still uh in touch with uh reality like you're not you're not right out in the out in the middle of nowhere, but uh, you're definitely remote up there. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that sounds like fun. So, Tyler, if yeah, someone wants you to get a hold of you, do uh, come yep. come fishing in in this year or next year? How do they get a hold yep. of you? Uh, my website, tylerdunguiding.ca. Um, uh-huh. I'm on social media too, Tyler Dunguiding. You can find me on Instagram, uh, my Facebook page. Um, that would probably be the easiest and best way uh, for people to. Um, have a look at what I do. Some of uh, my videos, TV shows and stuff will be on there. Shoot mm-hmm. me an email, tylerdunguiding uh, at gmail.com. That's how uh, a lot of people get in touch with me uh, through email. But uh, my website's probably the biggest, um, my most uh, uh, easiest access to me is through my website. Yeah. 
your website is really cool. Yeah. And and then uh, before we started recording, I had made a comment to you about I've never met a guide that has promoted themselves so well online through all the things that you do. And that we have a lot yeah. of guides and charter captains that that listen to the show. And if you want to know yep. on uh, you want to see a, a website done perfect uh, or close as I've ever seen, go take a look at your website <laughs> because you're you're really promoting yourself well. And as a business person, I mean, you're just spot on, man. Well, thanks very much. And I, you know what? I have to, uh, that's something I've worked on for years is my website and my online presence. And that's mm -hmm. something I learned in, in honestly, in, uh, in college, in business class, um, just learning about marketing and branding. And um, at the time, um, I had to do a business plan and uh, we had to do a company and all that. So I was like, you know, I got to do a fishing guide business. So I learned uh, how to do sales forecasts and uh, market anal analysis and, uh, Basically did a fake business plan, but for a, a real business that actually interested me. So I got to learn about that. And there actually was, with all my research, there was an opening in this area for that, that type of business. So really? then I learned branding and there was, yeah, so that's how I, that's one reason why I got into writing is um, I wanted to brand myself with this area. So people put in Sault Ste. Marie, they put in Algoma Fishing, my articles would come up and, mm -hmm. you know, they start, you know, popping in people's heads. And that's basically how, like any other business, that's basically how I started branding myself up here. And it's been, you know, like I said, 10, 15 years now I started writing. It's probably been 15 years since I started writing. So it didn't happen overnight, but it's, it was a process that um, I started many years ago. And it, it's taken a while to build. And uh, it's worked so far really great. That said, you still have to be able to fish. <laughs> it's not as easy as making a website and doing some video. It, it's, you have to have the... Uh, the the uh the product with the uh with the service absolutely but yeah you know one of the things that you don't see uh necessarily on on your site but you know it's there is just you know how much time it's put you it's taken you to put all of that together yeah it represents yeah, thousands it's, 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 and thousands and thousands of hours yeah 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 it's really a lifestyle people people ask about guiding and stuff like that's a lifestyle um even just fishing mm -hmm. in general if you want to do it for a full-time job whether you're a guide whether you're a writer whether you're a tournament guy, whether whatever you do in the fishing world, if you're full-time, that pays your bills. It's typically a lifestyle. It's not an easy lifestyle, but mm -hmm. it's a lifestyle choice, mm -hmm. and um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, you can tell you have a real passion for it. Tyler, thank you so much for uh, joining us and spending a little time of your time with us. We know that's valuable, and uh, we're looking forward awesome, to talking man. with you again uh, down the road and see how things are going. Thanks so much for having me tonight, Ted. Uh, I appreciate talking to you. And uh, again, anytime. Sounds good. Tight lines, my friend.